Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, July 24th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Citizen journalists have been documenting the Black Lives Matter protests on St. Louis streets for years. Recently, some have become go-to news sources for the region's black community. We try to bring the unedited version of news. A lot of times mainstream media uh, waters down issues that uh, pertain specifically to the black community. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports on how citizen journalists are filling a gap in the local media landscape. Missouri Governor Mike Parson is promoting his special session to deal with rising violent crime throughout the state, and he made a stop yesterday in St. Louis. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, the governor's special session agenda is receiving some pushback. Parson told reporters at the St. Louis Police Department headquarters that lawmakers should pass bills aimed at protecting witnesses and remove the residency requirement for St. Louis police officers. This comes as some Democratic lawmakers want to come back to Jefferson City to overhaul policing practices, including approving bans on no-knock warrants and expansion of civilian oversight boards. Parson says those ideas should be debated in regular session. The reality of it is the special session needs to be narrowed down to, to, to really focus on one issue, and that is the violent crime here in the state of Missouri, and that's those homicide rates. Special session is set to begin on Monday, but lawmakers likely won't debate specific bills on the floor until August. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner is downplaying the existence of a feud between her office and the St. Louis Police Department. Gardner has been at odds with the department, especially over a list of officers barred from bringing cases because of misconduct. But in an appearance on our Politically Speaking podcast, Gardner says her issue is not with individual officers, but with an employee of the union who represents them, Jeff Rorta. You have an individual who is so divisive that causes harm to the hardworking men and women inside the police department when they put their life on the line by his racist and um, divisive rhetoric. That's where the problem lies. Gardner faces Mary Pat Carl in the Democratic primary next month. Neither woman has sought the endorsement of the St. Louis Police Officers Association. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page is warning schools may not be able to welcome students in the classroom until next year, if coronavirus cases continue to rise. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports Page is urging residents to do their part to stop the spread of the virus so schools will have the option of in-person learning. Page is encouraging online learning in county schools, but has so far left the decision to open classrooms up to individual superintendents. That could change. The county executive has the power through the health department to order schools to close and override individual districts' plans. City and county officials have warned that they may need to put restrictions back in place if cases continue to rise. The number of people testing positive in the St. Louis region for the virus has increased nearly 17 percent in the past week, with more than 500 
500 cases being reported every day. Several county districts, including Hazelwood and Ferguson Florissant, have already decided to offer online-only instruction next semester. Other districts are planning a hybrid approach that combines online and in-person learning. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Cardinals start their shortened regular season tonight at Bush Stadium against Pittsburgh. Major League Baseball's condensed 60-game schedule and the increases in COVID-19 cases have some questioning whether players should be getting back on the field. Notre Dame professor emeritus Richard Sheehan says media contracts, including lucrative television rights deals, are a big reason why baseball is resuming without fans in the stands. You are more likely to be able to move forward there simply because you can have some revenue sources. When you look at something that's going to be relying more on gate revenue, then basically you're just up the creek. Even with big media contracts, Cardinals president Bill DeWitt III says the team expects to lose money for every regular season game it plays this year. Black Lives Matter protests have flooded St. Louis streets for nearly two months. Citizen journalists have covered almost every demonstration on social media. Many have no formal journalism training, but some have emerged as credible news sources within the region's black community. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports. A live stream on Facebook shows a line of Florissant officers in riot gear standing guard in front of the police station. The sun set hours ago. Police order the group of more than 50 protesters to disperse. They do not. The officers advance, shooting rubber bullets to push protesters off police property and onto Limburg Boulevard. All of this was captured by a camera operator who streamed live to 40,000 viewers. Okay, real SEL news, we're going to get on out of here. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. The man narrating is Amir Brandy. He's a black citizen journalist, and in the past three years, he has helped build Real STL News. It's the most prominent citizen journalism outlet in the region. In addition to live streaming protests, it also covers food drives and endorses political candidates. Now, citizen journalism is not a new phenomenon. It gained momentum in St. Louis when protests erupted in 2014 after Michael Brown's killing. But now, Real STL News isn't just live streaming. It is breaking news. Last month, Real STL News was the first to broadcast a home security video of a fluorescent police officer hitting a black man with his unmarked SUV. The homeowner sent the video to Real STL News, not traditional news outlets. Soon after, local media followed their reporting, and some credited Real STL News for breaking the story. Brandy says he's not surprised mainstream media is paying attention to his outlet. We can go into the trenches and they can't. Uh, we can get the information when they can't. We can actually get information even when the police uh, can't get it. Most of his reporters are embedded in the community and have earned activist trust. Unlike outlets with scheduled newscasts, live streams are instant and can broadcast news as it's happening. Citizen journalists say live streaming is unfiltered, where viewers can watch an event in real time and form their own opinions, instead of listening to someone read an edited script, like I am right now. Christina Mislan is a journalism professor at the University of Missouri who studies citizen journalists. She says mainstream media historically has held up the status quo, sometimes misrepresenting or ignoring issues in minority communities altogether. And that has led to a trust gap between those communities and the media. Now, Mislan says, social media has empowered minorities to broadcast their own stories. 
I'm telling a story and I'm telling you what happened versus someone always telling the story for them and often getting it wrong. And Brandy says streaming lets the viewers see things for themselves. We try to bring the unedited version of news. A lot of times mainstream media uh, waters down issues that uh, pertain specifically to the Black community. Citizen journalists generally have no editors, advertisers, or donors to potentially sway the coverage. Tony Rice is a Black citizen journalist who goes by the Twitter handle Search for Swag. He says that's why people follow him. They do not trust mainstream media. They think they have a certain angle. And they rely on people like me who, you know, for the most part, I have no one to account for. Both nationally and locally, newsrooms are predominantly white, especially in leadership. That can influence coverage. And in the midst of a nationwide racial crisis, there's also reckoning in newsrooms, where staffers are calling for more diversity among their ranks. Chris Phillips is a Black filmmaker who live streams press conferences, county council meetings, and protests. He says he notices when local news fails to connect with the Black community when reporting on protests. The way they're either reporting it or the reporters themselves, you can tell that they don't have a certain sensitivity to that community or they can't identify with it, and it comes out in the work. Citizen journalists have taken it upon themselves to tell the truth they see in the community. I show the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I'm telling it in such a way where it's fair and it's honest, but then I'm also contextualizing it so Black people aren't being depicted as a bunch of jobless, quote-unquote, Donald Trump thugs, you know what I'm saying? Phillips added that while some people seem to stream for the views and attention, most citizen journalists are just interested in getting the story out. And people are eager to watch. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Heffernan edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.